Last week on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we kicked off coverage of season three of Poldark. We saw Elizabeth have a child that was born under a bad moon. That child's name was Valentine. Thank you, George. Uh, we also were introduced to Demelza's brothers, Drake and Sam, the Karn boys. Uh, and, you know, they're just a couple of nice uh, folk around town. Uh, and we also saw that Jeffrey Charles has grown up quite a bit since we last saw him. And he has a governess now named Morwenna. So the winds of change are blowing through Poldark, and we'll catch up on all that and more this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. Yo, ho, yo, ho, a pirate's life for me. We pillage, we plunder, we rifle and loot. Drink up, me hearties, yo, ho. We kidnap and ravage and don't give a hoot. Drink up, me hearties, yo, ho. Yo, ho, yo, ho. And we're back again. Poldark Season 3, Episode 2. How you doing, Corey? I'm doing okay. How about you, Dave? I'm good. I'm good. It's summer's creeping up on us in New England. A lot of people, I feel like they think it's very idealistic up here, as opposed to like the warmer climates. But they don't mm-hmm. know. It gets pretty disgusting up in New England during the summer. Yeah, we get a fair amount of humidity on top of the heat, which just <laughs> makes you you sweat. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> especially here in the city in New York, it just emanates off the sidewalks. It's it's pretty. Pretty harsh times. I just finished a run actually before we hopped on the line here, Dave, and uh, just sopping, just sopping, just sop, sopping away, dripping all over the streets. I, I need a sweat rag or something. I'm sure our listeners just turned out like, no, nope, like, don't know. need to you hear know, this we were, We've been with them for three years, but <laughs> that's just too much sweat. That's it. I'm out. Yeah. But, anyways, though, that we have news of the release of the DVD and Blu-ray of Downton Abbey: A New Era. Mm-hmm. Already, it's been less than a month since the movie has entered our theaters. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Wow, less than a month. And they already announced that it's coming out on Blu-ray and DVD July fifth. <laughs> July fifth. It's tough. It's tough. I don't. I mean, I don't envy them in this situation. It's not an ideal. Well, world. it's a tricky thing where they released the movie about a month earlier in Europe and, and such. So. I'm sure they have to release it over there anyhow, uh, sooner than later. So it mm-hmm. just kind of eats on itself. Um, and then, you know, there's still the word that it's supposed to hit Peacock July 4th. So this would be right around the same time. And I wonder um, if they'll do a collector's edition like they did for the first one. Oh, the collector's edition is heavy duty. Okay. Have, have you, hit me have with you it. it, Dave. No, I have uh, not. There's um, a bunch of postcards that are in there, uh, a booklet. There's some kind of. It's hard to describe. Uh, it, it's a st- elegant stainless steel strainer. So if you like to maybe for you know, tea, use it, I think for tea. I think that that or maybe for for wine. Uh, just posted a link there, Dave. But yes, it will come with a strainer that you can use uh, in a box. All but, right. Um, well, I bought. I have the first film's extended edition Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. So. I definitely will probably buy this one at least. I know at some point we need to really hunker down and re- watch those bonus features. Yeah. Oh, this, this is a tea strainer. With, this one comes with an audio commentary on the movie uh, from mm-hmm. the director. Uh, we get a making of feature on it, and then there's uh, several featurettes on there. Uh, so, yeah, man, there's there's a, there's going to be a little bit uh, to dig into there. No deleted scenes, which I would have thought there there may have been, but I guess everything we saw is up on the screen. Oh boy, sixty bucks for this limited edition Blu-ray one. Well, some people really need strainers out there, Dave. You know. Hey, that's true, and it's got a cool <laughs> cover. Yeah, and the postcards look really nice. They released those, and they, they look really nice. Yeah, the first one, the the, the packaging is the nice. Beach. The recipes are nice. There's no, I mean, there's no tea strainer, but hey, yeah. just what we need. Yep. Do so, we have any any other news or? Uh, I think the Downton uh, press cycle is uh, writing, uh, you know, rolling, you know, winding down is the word I'm trying to find <laughs> the words to say. Yeah, yeah, it's winding down right now. So, we're, yeah, we're, you were sad oh, to wait. see it go. Uh-oh. There is there is a premiere date for Peacock for Downton Abbey: A New Era. Yes, what is it? June 24th. <laughs> what? <laughs> Next week. Uh, wow. They are just trying to get it into people's eyes. You know, like I man, that's wild. That's that's quite literally 
I mean, when did the movie come out in America? That's a, almost May, approximately a May month 15th later. May 15th or May 18th or something? It came out May 20th in, in, in uh, America on, on a Friday. So literally a month and four days. So apologies to the people who saw it in theaters and risked their lives potentially getting COVID and stuff. <laughs> you can see the it at home fans. next week. Well, that's good news for some, some of our listeners that might have uh, been unable to make it to the theater. I mean, to be fair, as I mentioned last week, the movie is on track to earn about less than half of what the first film made. So it definitely has a large audience out there just waiting to watch it. So mm-hmm. it, it may be in their best interest just to have it ready to go at home. But man, that is wild That's how fast it is just going beaming from theaters to home. <laughs> That's a, it's a hu- too, too much of a hit, if you ask me. It, it almost feels like, why did I go see this in theaters <laughs> in some ways? But we know why it's down. But like at the same time... Yeah, and what makes you wonder why they even bothered to do a release and separate it at all? Why not just do a simul wow. drop like HBO during the pandemic? It is it is down, you know. You gotta, oh, yeah. and, and, and it did make some money to recoup its costs, so it's not like they went home empty-handed necessarily. Yeah, and I'm sure they'll find a way to monetize the streaming. I'm sure Peacock will get a nice little bump from it. That, that That's what it's all about, is just that there's some equity there in terms of it bringing people to streaming services. Anyways, enough about Downton. Yeah, we've been talking. Yeah. We, we've been giving that man, Julian Fellows, too much of our attention. You know who needs more of our uh, attention? Jeffrey Charles. <laughs> I, I, I was specifically going to say the, the, the writer of Poldark, uh, you know, the author. Uh, Winston Graham? Yes, Winston Graham. Because that's what we're going. That's what we're here to talk about, baby. We're here to talk about Poldark season three, episode two. That's right. And then Winston Graham died twenty years ago, nineteen years ago, at the yep. age of ninety-three. When the last Poldark book was uh, published, or it was published a little bit around his death, maybe just after. The guy turned him out until he was laying on his back. All these r- stories about Ross and Demelza and the gang. Yeah, his last book came out in 2002, Bella Poldark, and he passed away in 2002. 2003, rather. R.I.P. to Winston. Yep. Thank you for your service. Anyways. <laughs> where, do we, where do we start on this season three, episode two? I feel like this is so, a pretty um, coasty episode. Not, not too, it, too much happens. The, the, you know, I, I want to make a comment about the opening. I thought it was very poetic the way they had it where they showed Demelza walking by the water you know feeling her stomach that she's pregnant we see Elizabeth carrying after her child and then it kind of just fades into Ross staring out the water and Mm -hmm. there's something just like the symmetry of those three characters at the positions that they're in you know one pregnant one who just had their baby and a guy who's torn in between the two and it's pretty uh I don't know funny dichotomy that they, they showed there yeah, and I, I mean, I think one thing about this the sequence was Demelza seems very content and Elizabeth seems very empty, sort of emotionally, nothing there. And then Ross is kind of thinking, as he yeah. always does. He's always making his next move. 100%. Um, this is one episode where I feel like we can tar- tackle the Karn bo- uh, boys and get them out of the way. <laughs> Drake and Sam? Drake and Sam, brothers in arms, uh, they have found some work in the mine, it looks like. Drake has. Is Sam in there as well? Sam is outside preaching. Right. He, he's trying to convince other people to follow the ways of God, while Ross uh, and Zachy... And, Hen- and Henshaw. They're, they're all literally just standing there like, not for me. <laughs> not going to convert me today. It's, it's not going to happen. See you later, man. Yeah. Little does Sam know, he, what he needs to do is become a movie star and make stuff like Top Gun to convert people over to the religion. That, that's that's how you do it in the sure. modern day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it seems like people are listening to Sam a little bit, you know. Yeah, I guess. And we and we, I'm I'm still not sold on him, but I do think this episode kind of moves him up a little bit for me. Yeah. As the episode goes, and we'll get to that point when we get there. But it seems as though Ross is a kindly enough to give the drake boys a house yeah some lodging and and uh even as we see in this episode there's a a beam from a a sunken ship that is washed ashore that he points them in the direction to that they have to lug all the way home to (laughs) 
put in to support their, their roof. Uh, yeah, but who knows exactly what it's going to be used for. It's just like, here's a massive piece of wood. You <laughs> Go can walk take with it, it, I guess. Yeah. Um, but they're they're grateful to have it. These just seem like some nice old, old boys, you know. Uh, there's a Drake, scene early Drake on. seems nice. Sam, I'm not a fan of, as we've yeah, said last Yeah, Sam's week. a little bit too much like his father of just believing blindly in the good word um, that everything will work out because of that. And we do get a scene where they try to convert Demelza, where Drake is the one appealing to her, like, have you considered, you know, God and stuff? And she's like, did Sam put you up to this? Oh, you, you got <laughs> That's me. Sam. That's Sam. <laughs> that duplicitous Sam, you know. And, and they have the, uh, they're eating a meal at, at their house, their little shack or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And and Ross is like, ah, you know, I don't believe in that. I believe in the decisions we make. And then Sam says, but didn't God push you to make this decision? And he says, well, actually your sister did, so you should thank her. <laughs> so technically she's above God in my rankings, my power rankings. I the mean, for, Ro- for Ross, absolutely. 100%, as she should be. But we get to um, see uh, what's the... is it no, not well. We see Morena a lot, but Ross and, and Demelza's son. Oh yeah, yeah. The He's other at the child. table. I always forget his name. Bill. Bill. No, Bill I don't think that's actually what it is. But you know, their son who has yet to play the, a role. I mean, I wouldn't have remembered the name Jeffrey Charles until I'll wait he until talking. they grow that son up and then they do some yep. plot lines with him before I bother <laughs> to learn his yeah. name. Spin, spin that the the wheels of time a little more. Child quickly. number two is what I'll call them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ross is child number two. Yeah. Of of four, of four, right now. Right. So it is, but it is yeah, child yeah. number yes, two. You're right. in, in order of being born. Uh. Anyway, so the Karn boys, they're they're walking around with that log, and at one point they have to cross over some private property because it's mm-hmm. just. And Ro- Ross does tell them, because mm-hmm. Sam is like, "Hey, what about this? Um, what about this property? Can I go on this property? Um, and." Trend with and yeah. Ross is like, do me a solid. I'm doing you plenty of favors. Don't go to Trendwith ever, yeah. and don't associate with anyone involved with Trendwith. We, we don't talk ever, to George please. anymore. <laughs> we don't. We don't talk about George. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. And we see these guys are going with this big old mast. Just what kind of reputation are they getting around town? Like you see those car boys? They just walk around with a big log on their back. <laughs> Yeah, is, is this some kind of religious demonstration? No, they just really need that log of wood. <laughs> but I'm, all, I mean, I'm also curious geographically speaking, because Ross apparently puts them up. Mm-hmm. So I'm under the assumption that maybe this is an old property of Ross's. Is this where like his family owns this? Maybe it was Judd's Judd's quarters or something. But possibly, because we see Prudy's got eyes for Drake. Oh yeah, that's so. That's an early scene where Drake is bathing himself. And I made a point last week that they've cleaned up Prudy just a little bit. Oh, absolutely, they've, pre- they've cleaned her up. And she's making eyes at him, and she's like, oh, hey. And she like pretends to drop something for him to pick it up. And she said, I'm oh, kinda, you know, she said, I got, women have needs, too. And then Drake runs away. I'm kind of shipping it. I'm kind of Drudy, I'll call them, the two of them. I'm into it. Go for it. I, I mean, we all know where we're... It's, it's not, spicier not, than whatever's going on with him, Morwenna. Tell me, Dave. Tell me what you think about that. So Morwenna and him, they keep bumping into each other, mm-hmm. and it comes to the point that Morwenna is with Jeffrey Charles on Ross's beach. Well, Drake, well, first they're in the woods. Oh yeah, so, the dang, yes, they the see the mask and that thing, and you know, there's a <laughs> and, moment where and, and Jeffrey Charles is like, "You can't cross over here." And they're like, well, we're, we're bringing it to, to Ross's place. Whoa. And Jeffrey Charles is like, well, why? And it's like, well, we're related. And Jeffrey's like, I guess that makes us cousins a sort, huh? And Morwen is like, these people are too poor to be related to Ross. Well, that sounds about right. Low class <laughs> is the word that she uses. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Well, I guess she doesn't know that. Demelza was a, a sh- street rat as well. Mm-hmm. So later on in the episode, they're on the beach, and we see our boy Drake shows up, and Morwenna and Jeffrey Charles are very much like, or Morwenna is very much of the mindset, like, we shouldn't be here, this isn't our beach, 
Mm-hmm. Your your uncle doesn't want you here. To which Jeffrey Charles says it's the greatest beach in the world. How would he know? Where has that boy traveled? <laughs> in the world. I don't think it's anyone's ever opinion. put in Scotland or Wales, wherever this takes place. Dave, uh, what's the greatest beach in the world to you, man? I don't like beaches, so I don't care. I don't have an opinion on this. <laughs> the movie beaches? You don't like the movie beaches? I've never seen the movie beaches, so. Okay. Well, I mean, if you don't like beaches, then don't see the movie beaches. Well, I guess, I mean, I guess the of the beaches I've been to, Puerto Rico is probably the best beaches that I've been to. I would say, yeah, when you go come to a beach with clear water, Dave and I, we grew up at a beach that had some green, murky water, which I think maybe just put us off for life to beaches. That's true. I was actually thinking about that in this episode. Because I, I said that we're from the Long Island Sound, so for people that don't know, our town borders the the Atlantic Ocean, but between our body of land, which is Connecticut, and the actual ocean, there's Long Island. So Long Island kind of blocks Connecticut from being Atlantic proper. So we have this sort of cesspool s- stuck between <laughs> Connecticut and Long Island water that's brown and green and gooey and always toxic and nasty it was not uncommon uncommon to come out of the water with some like brown seaweed around your ankles and just dirt (laughs) everywhere so we're not anyways i mean maybe jeffrey charles he he has a better beach than we had at least absolutely yes that's yeah that's what i'm saying so to to get back from that tangent Mm -hmm. drake is at on the beach too and kind of frolics about with them with the, the two of them yeah and they find like a wishing well. Yeah. And they all have to make wishes, but they don't want the wishes to be too crazy or something like that. Right, because what was it? it, it Morena questions if it's sacrilegious to make wishes there. Or and, to make uh, wishes of God that are too daunting. Yeah. But he says something about the fact that like you know it's related to the water that runs down from some religious thing, so it's okay. <laughs> And we know but, uh, what, what this man's wishing for because he does it again later in the episode with his brother Sam. Mm-hmm. He wishes for Morwenna. Now, Dave, what do you think about that? How do you feel about this Morwenna character? She's a little plain right now is what I'm going to say. Yeah. I oh. think what what the Karn brothers lack in class, they make up for in character. Like, I already mm-hmm. have a vibe for Drake and Sam. Morwenna yeah. just seems like a... Like she looks good, she's easy to look at, but yeah. she doesn't. She's not moving the needle for me. Yeah, she's certainly easy on the eyes. the The thing about her that I'm getting, and I don't know if it's just because of her performance or what. She never looks up. She's always like looking down at the ground when they talk to her, and it's like just just pick your chin up a little bit, like just stare at, at the other person in the eyes. Like, you're always just looking down. Like what's mm-hmm. going on there? Who knows. Who knows? Maybe and she's got a, a cranial issue or something where she just always looks at the ground. It could be like anxiety or something. We don't know. Maybe. She was kind of forced into this world. Yeah. But, but uh, Drake has made her a, a seashell bracelet, which she mm-hmm. gladly wears. Yeah. Now, if I'm George, and George in this episode is very controlling, and we see that his his vice grip on this world tightens by the minute. If I'm him and I see her walking around with some seashells and some string around her wrist, I'm going to ask why, and I'm probably going to tell her to take them off. Yeah, it looks pretty dirty. Because, uh, yeah, there may be some trouble up ahead because these boys, they just want to go to church. They just want to pray, you know, praise God and everything. And so they go to church. Well, yeah, because they're trying to find a place to go, and Drake says, why don't we just go to church? Yeah. And so they're there for service, but it can't start until George is there because that's mm-hmm. his church. And then Sam makes the case of, well, can we just sing, you know, an observation until he shows up? And then they just start one, two, <laughs> one, two, three, four. Sunday, Monday, happy days, <laughs> Tuesday. Th- hey, you don't know that you you weren't raised Catholic, so you don't know the good church songs. <laughs> no, I just know TV jingles. That's all I know. <laughs> I mean, they're on the same level of catchiness. Yeah. So we see Sam gets these boys singing, and then George walks in. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what's going on? He's not feeling it. And then they can start the show, and we see when it's time to leave, Sam is holding the door for everybody like he's the like he's the new mm-hmm. pastor in town. Yeah. 
And and George says to the priest, they can't keep coming back here. You got to handle this. Yeah, I can't let other people sing better than I do. <laughs> he says these Protestants. <laughs> Get them out of here. So that must mean that these guys are Catholic, that uh, George... It must be. Which is interesting. I guess I never really thought about it, but, you know, or something mm-hmm. else. One of our listeners who knows more about religions of the late 1700s, please enlighten us as to exactly what religion the Warligans and the Poldarks would be. Yeah. But... Uh, the, the priest does come to visit them. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you just got to find somewhere else to go. God doesn't like you. God doesn't want you in my house. Your voices weren't good enough. <laughs> don't like your singing. He's like, now George, when he sings, like he hits angel, all the voice highs. of an angel. <laughs> we'll never know though, because he only does it when it's just the Catholics around. I like that the priest this entire episode, his reaction to everything when they start singing, uh, when George is like, take care of it, uh, <laughs> when he goes to tell them to leave, uh, you, mm-hmm. you can't come back. It's like, man, this guy just isn't Lord fearing; he's fearing everything. And it's funny because you want to say that like there's TV shows where the rich families influence the community, but usually mm-hmm. when they do so, there's a, a tangible thing that they're doing. So like, yeah, well, the, we have to wait for the Warligans because of them. We have this gorgeous, lavish church that we're in, but this church stinks. It's all like beaten <laughs> it could down use a beam and of wood from the beach. Yeah. It's not like George is giving them any sort of money to keep the roof over their heads. He's, he seems to just be the rich guy in town that they have to wait for. So yeah, I, yeah. I'm kind of. I was actually kind of surprised that this was the church that George went to. It's like, you know, it seems like he's the guy who would be on a nicer one. Hmm. Or at least but, redo. Well, I think he. I mean, he's probably there as a uh, as a big old spite move. Hmm. Yeah. So that's pretty much the Carn Boys this episode, right? Yeah, I think we spent a lot of time talking about the Carnboys in the Long Island Sound, so I think we need to Move pick on. up the pace on some of these other characters. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess we could talk a little bit about Verity and uh Do you want to do Verity Caroline? and Caroline? Yeah. So yeah. both of their men are at sea mm-hmm. on separate vessels and yep. at Lil Valentine's christening, we see that Verity is back. Verity is back, which is great, and and Aunt Agatha is thrilled. Yep. But mid mid sort of celebration of of little baby Valentine, they catch word that there has been combat. Uh huh. So they have to. We see that Verity is understandably upset, and obviously to us the viewers, we know why Caroline's upset. But they yeah. both kind of take off, and well, Elizabeth and George are upset. Right. This is one of the stranger scenes in the episode where Elizabeth is like, I wonder why Verity was so upset or had to leave in such a rush. And it's like, why do you think? Her husband is Andrew Blamey, Captain Andrew Blamey. Especially when they say there's merchant ships. Like, we don't know. He's, we don't know if he's active military, but he's at sea. Right. He's caught in the middle of this. So, yeah, have some sympathy for your sister, Elizabeth. Yeah. I know that it, it seems as though, like, for as much as she spends time being sorrowful of the sort of warligan responsibility, you'd think she would be more embracing of the Poldark side of things. I don't know, man. I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about it in a moment, but definitely think, it seems like things are shifting there. Yeah, I don't I don't like... Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more, so... Yeah. But, Ver- yeah, Verity and Caroline just spend it upset and, and Caroline's still lying to people about the status of her relationship with Dwight because George asked her like oh so you're gonna now marry uh what's his name right and, and move up and she was like no nah, I gotta I got get some take some time since my dad just died yeah my uncle <laughs> my uncle yeah you know you how know, that goes my 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 third cousin passed away so I need a little time to myself yeah um but she keeps thinking his day is gonna come but mm-hmm. nope and I mean, we can kind of skip around in this plot where it goes and what it does. Uh, yeah. There's this big part event, which we'll plan to the plot later, where there's going to be some French nobles there. And the whole gang goes. Mm-hmm. And we find out some good news and some questionable news. Yeah. And the good news is that 
Blamey's husband, our old pal Blamey, Verity's husband, our mm-hmm. old pal Blamey, is alive and well. Which I'm so thankful for. Verity was already getting hysterical at the thought of him being gone because she's like, "Well, at least I would have had a few good years with them if this is it." And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, it, it slow, seems slow as though like Verity. It, also, six years. It's crazy that they moved the time that much. Yeah. Um, but Verity still seems to kind of live in that world that she was when everyone hated her for trying to be with Blamey. I think she never quite got over that like ugly duckling syndrome or whatever you want to call it that she had. So you can see why she's always prepared for the worst. Yeah. Whereas Caroline has a quite the dream late in this episode. Yeah. I mean, she just married this guy and she didn't even get to consummate the thing. No, no. And now he's captured. Indeed. Uh, we see uh, some uh, footage of him uh, captured by the French. Again, Wait, these do you British think that, people. I thought that was, I, I interpreted that as a dream because Caroline wakes up from like a slumber for that. Really? I thought it was, I just took it to be a legit. It's like a firing squad and they're pointing a gun at him. Right. Well, who knows if he gets fired. <laughs> um. We'll see. So we do, yeah, but, I guess we'll have to find out. I was under the impression it was a dream, but I could be. I could I could be just uh, giving a little bit more credit to this episode for. I mean, for some nuance. it could be a dream, but it also could be actually happening too. Yes, exactly. I think that's kind of the the fear that Caroline has. That's mm-hmm. how I interpreted it. But it could be literal, and he could be captured. We'll find out next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but that's pretty much what's going on with them. It's nice to see Verity back and around. And it's funny because they're asking, like, why is she, uh, or where is she going off to? Because she still hangs around with the Poldarks and stuff. She's still friendly with them. But not often enough because Aunt Agatha is so excited to see her. Right. Aunt Agatha, r- real turn around for her. She is just a, a beam of light now on the show. I don't know, a beam of light in her okay. content, but a beam of light in her performance and her moral compass. It's definitely lighter. Even though her world is darker. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, so we see Verity's off to go meet up with her husband, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this brings us to Ross and Demelza and Elizabeth and the George and all and all of that. Yeah, the Poldarks and the Warligans, the, the, the big bosses. Yeah. Ross has got a friend in town. Oh, he does. We said, that, well, you know what this show doesn't have? Weird characters. <laughs> you know what we're going to so, bring in this week? A pirate. <laughs> Tholly, his name. Tholly Tregills. Tregirls. And the guy is like every caricature of a pirate you could imagine. He's got a hook for a hand. His eye has uh, got a scratch on it. Walks around with a limp. Uh, He's got I a mean, reputation. He, He's been MIA for 13 years. He he looks like yeah he walked out of any pirate story you've ever heard. I thought this was a joke, like this was gonna be a one and done thing, but nope. No, because so he he's only around because you know boats are at war and things are falling apart and stuff, and here he is, and he's telling them like we'll be going on an adventure again. Ross, rest assured, we'll be we'll be doing something up again. And Ross is like, I don't think so, man. And Ross is like, hey. Just because you hung out with my dad doesn't mean we're boys. Right. And he says, I feel it. In my mm-hmm. my uh, my peg leg, I feel it. Something's going to be coming soon. Yeah. He even shows them at the beach like, where the ships have crashed and stuff. And, you know, the, mm-hmm. It's a friendly guy. So we see Ross kind of puts these feelers out to find out this information about Dwight and, and uh, Blamey. Mm-hmm. And in that, he's kind of opening up doors with his free trade connections. And he's, you know, he tells people that, you know, Demelza doesn't want him dealing with them, but this is kind of the exception to the rule. And Demelza's like, you better not be going out on the, the advice of some free trader. Because, like, what about, what about your, your life here? Like, are you really going to go out and sacrifice potentially your own life for your family? And Ross is like, duh, that's like my whole thing is I go and do yeah. reckless things for you know second tier characters on this show mm-hmm. and we see that he offers a guinea to anyone that can give him good information and who shows up for that guinea uh dolly I, the captain 
Captain Crunch. Well, yeah, the, yeah, it is Thali. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're jumping ahead. Yeah, that's the end of the episode. And Thali's like, we're going to go back on an adventure, Ross. Who would have thought? <laughs> and Ross is like, it. Demelza, I'm going to see. Mm-hmm. And so they're off. That I mean, that that is the end. I mean, there's one thing we're hugely skipping over, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, for the sake of this story, Thali... Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of excited to see what happens next week where he sets sail with the, with this pirate. He feels like a Game of Thrones character. Yeah, or, you know, the Elephant in the Room or Pirates of the Caribbean type of character. Yeah, I mean, he feels like a pirate, but it definitely sort of feels like the kind of character that would you could plug into a show, a more fantastical show like Game of Thrones, a lot more easily than you could a show like Poldark. Yeah, for sure. But I, I like this, though, because that, I feel like that's what kind of keeps Poldark a little bit fun for me is that there's a little bit of pulp to it. It's a little pulpy sometimes mm-hmm. when over the top. So I'm okay, I'm okay with it. So does that leave us with the 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 Ross and George of it all? Is that what's left? Yeah. So at this event where he's going to get information, um, it's it's one of the richer upper classmen, and, and they're like, well, we may run into George there there, and they already laid the breadcrumbs earlier in this episode that now that Ray Penevin. Penvenon. I wish I, that name would go. Penvenon. Penvenon. Now, now that he's dead, um, there is an empty chair on, on the uh, judging committee, the magistrate. The magistrate. Yeah, where Francis once sat. Yeah, which is funny because I don't know who's took Francis's seat when he left. I don't know. They, yeah, I guess they kind of gloss over that. Yeah. Because Ray Ray was already there. Yeah. But anyways, though, so George is thinking that. He should be the one who's in line because, you know, he's in the Poldark family now. He's of a good, uh, you know, background. They even kind of allude to it a little bit in their earlier conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you have a good uh, head on your shoulders. Yeah, and what's this this new guy's name? Because they, they make some parallels between him and George as both sort of... Uh, is this Sir Francis Bassett? Yeah. is He's one of the new characters. And they're both kind of new money. New mm-hmm. wealth, not necessarily new families, but new wealth, and yeah. we see that he—he's he's the host of this event, so this is a big deal. And George thinks it's a foregone conclusion that because of his status in the the bank and whatnot, that he is going to be asked to be the magistrate and be able to control so much of Cornwall. And it's not necessarily the case because when. He, when uh, Ross shows face at this event, he's taken aside by this Francis, and he's like, you know... But it's not could... Francis, it's this old man. What's the old man's name? Oh, right. The Reverend Halsey. Uh, or House. No, it's not. Yeah, House. Yeah. yeah, he's a reverend. There's two reverends in this episode. Right. And this but... guy pulls Ross aside, and he basically tells him, dude, this is your family. This is your seat. I really, mm-hmm. you know, Sir Francis wants this for you. Yeah. And Ross is like, blood. don't you remember a couple years ago when I broke the guy out of prison? And he's like, yep. I, it's funny because in that moment, I was like, why would they want him to serve on the magistrate? He's crooked. And then literally Ross brings up every, you know, transaction that he, he's maybe, you know, why he's a bad candidate for this position. <laughs> and and House, Halsey is very much like, we don't care, man. We need that sort of gust, you know, gusto, that oomph that you yeah. have. And not to mention time has passed. You've gotten older. You have a family. You're more mature. You're a businessman now. This is, you know, you were born for this. And Ross mm-hmm. just goes, I don't want it, man. I'll see you. Yeah. And then he turns around or, or house. He says, well, I'm going to have to offer it to somebody else. And that person is George Warligan. And Ross stops. And he thinks for a second and he keeps walking. He's like, not going to do it. Can't do it. Can't make me do it. And, uh, yeah. So he, you know, before he can even reconsider, it's really strange that Ross doesn't tell him, like, give me a minute. I'll think about it. The guy or his whole gimmick is he doesn't need a minute to think about it. He's, he knows what he's going to do at it. You know, he's playing 4D chess. Yeah. Well, the guy has already turned to George and asked him to do it. (laughs) And we see that George is very smitten with himself for getting that. And then there's some, yeah. some I, I didn't write down exactly how it went, but mm-hmm. someone says something to, to 
the effect of that George was not the first decision and that maybe Ross was, and George looks utterly defeated in that moment. He's like, wait, what? why would he get chosen? It's like, well, he's actually blood, and uh, you're not? <laughs> Which makes me wonder whether or not this is a concluded subplot. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. We the, will the, see. This, <laughs> it's funny. So this Reverend House, he's shown up in Poldark before in a few episodes. Uh, according to IMDb trivia, he played... Ross Poldark uh, in the original Poldark adaptation in the 1970s. Oh, that's nice. Also, that's a nice callback. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, from 1975. He, wow, he was 33 when he played that in 19, or 1977. He was 35 when he played that role. Mm-hmm. He looks 35 going on 50 in the, in the photo for that. Wow. Well, he's at different times. Still kicking it, or you know, was in 2018 or 2019 when this was on. Yeah. So, anyways, that is pretty much the episode. I, I I don't agree with Ross's choice, but that that is that. We also see a sequence where Elizabeth is a uh, little baby Valentine is crying his eyes out. Oh right. And Verity walks in and says, "Like, aren't you going to do something? Like, aren't you going to hold him and, and be there for him?" And she says, "Babe, you know, some children need to learn." that they can't always get what they want. And she said, but what about little Jeffrey Charles? You were always on top of him and smothering him with affection. And she's like, well, not every kid is the same. Case in point, that kid, look how he turned out. And we she's mentioned checked out. She's yeah. checked out. We mentioned earlier how she was confused about Verity, you know, being upset about the news of the war. And then this scene, she's definitely changing uh, Elizabeth in terms of being a little bit more callous and, and cold like George. Uh, it's because well I don't I, I think it's different than George I think it's because of George, but yeah and you see how she is around George she's not thrilled to be around him. I I think there's a little bit I feel like we see her warming uh, up a little bit more to him over time here. I don't think there's any love here at all. I don't know because I, I, I feel I feel bit. like this whole change of personality happened when it, I think it, you can see her the you know it's like that Simpsons episode you can see the exact moment where her heart breaks. In the last episode, mm-hmm. when George says, Ross is no longer going to be a part of our lives. He's not a problem anymore. We're moving on. And every time that sort of happens, he brings that up and he says, you know, like, don't talk about the Tempora yeah. or whatever they are, the Nampara Poldarks, because they're not part of our lives. We get a, a shot of Elizabeth looking defeated. So I think that this is a... I don't think that she's in on Team George. I think that she's very much depressed and definitely postpartum depression, definitely depression because she knows the paternity of the child and this whole world is against her right now and she's in a bad spot. I mean, maybe she could be Team George soon. Yeah, You would hope for her own happiness that she just has something to look forward to. And I mean, we do get a scene where Valentine is asleep in a bassinet. Elizabeth is sort of sitting, doing nothing, and Morwenna and Jeffrey Charles are laughing at the other side of the room. So I think that she is very much just unhappy. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that that's true. Um, yeah, she's definitely not in her best spot. I'll agree no, on that. She, no. she, she, she's seen better days for sure. But I think that covers the majority of the plot of this episode, right, Dave? Yeah, that's it. I mean, Verity leaves. She tells Aunt Agatha, "You'll see me again." And Aunt Agatha's like, "Please don't leave me." Yeah, we don't. We can't Please. leave Aunt Agatha now, too. We lost so many favorites. Yeah. And uh, was it? Yeah. So Ross is off on his jaunt with Tholly to find a man named Clisson who will give them information <laughs> for a price. Sounds like a video game. Yeah, let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. Uh. Oh, there was a brief interaction between Demelza and, and uh, George in this episode where one of the guys is like, why are you talking to her? <laughs> George is like, I don't want to talk to her, man. I don't, I don't know. George don't always puts himself her. out. And he's like, I gotta, I gotta, I'm getting out of here. Oh, yeah. is that, oh, that's no, but that's the part with, with Reverend Halsey where he says basically says, George says, oh, do you want to go play a game of cards? And he goes, yeah, I'll be there in a minute. And yeah. then he turns around and goes the other way and starts talking to Ross. Yep. Good, good little he, bit right there. Yeah, he notices that, yeah. This is a good episode, I thought. It's I a good... It. Um, I think if episode one was a real, like, shock Hammer. to the system season yeah. opener, this is a good table setter. 
you know what's funny, Dave? I'm just looking at some of the Poldark novels and their, their names. Mm-hmm. The name of the fifth novel is The Black Moon, which is what we got the last episode. Oh, boy. I wonder if yeah. that's uh, if we're flying at that pace. It seems like it, I guess. You know, we're halfway through them. So. Oh, yeah, because I guess they did finish them with ample time after his death. This isn't some George R.R. R. Martin situation. <laughs> yeah, they're not waiting on any other books here or anything like that. All right. Well, Dave, you got power rankings, man? I do have power rankings. Uh, Hold on. I need to specify on my power rankings for later on. Okay. On the down ranking at number three, I got Reverend Odgers is his name. Not Reverend. I need to make sure so I don't get Halsey mixed up with that. I feel like this dude, you can see that his mission or whatever you want to call it is already kind of compromised by George. Mm -hmm. And then... He's now put in a position to tell these people who kind of make him look like a chump in his own congregation yeah, that they can't come back. And I have a feeling that Sam is about to be a thorn in their side in a big way. I think that's true. I think you're right there. And I don't even like Sam, so... Yeah. We'll see, we'll see if we get more we'll of this see. reverend. I, I, yeah. I feel like we've seen enough, but yeah. Um, well, number three, I got Valentine. You know, he's just not getting Neglected. much love from Elizabeth. She's got she's got no love for him, you know. So that poor doesn't, child is already struggling. Doesn't matter how silver the spoon is if there ain't no food on it. Exactly. Hmm. Well, speaking of so, that, at number two, I got Elizabeth. Okay. Because everything that I just spent the past couple minutes saying, she's unhappy. She is seriously in a funk, and I don't know what it's going to take for this show to narratively get her out of it. We'll see. I couldn't get a good read on her this episode. Um, so at number two, I got Ross cause this guy gave up so much power there by saying, I don't want that job. And it's like, dude, you are sending so many people to jail now because you're not going to judge others and it's going to be George who's doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was so selfish. It, I feel like Ross is playing again, 4d chess. I think something's going to happen here down the road. I hope the, the, the good thing here is like, I can see where he's coming from as a character as to why he turned it down. I, I get that. He's a noble guy and he doesn't want to, you know, judge his fellow man. But at the same time, it's like, you're legit not helping your man by your fellow man by not mm-hmm. presiding over this stuff. Um, but to his credit, we do get a scene at the end of the episode where he's in bed with Demelza saying, man, we got no issues at all. And then knock, knock, knock. It's not Tholly, baby. We're going to see. He's like, I get got no beer. issues at all except my best friend might be dead. Yeah, it's yeah, not right. A huge issue. Yeah, not not at all. Uh, well, who's number one going down for you, Dave? I got Caroline. Oh, okay. The episode begins with her at her uncle's grave, kind of lamenting mm-hmm. how she couldn't have celebrated her marriage and how she has to keep it under wraps for a while. And she finds out that her man is is lost, and to the other side of the coin, to Verity, knowing that her man is safe. Caroline is living this sort of secret life of of being married to someone that people don't know she's married to. And we see they kind of throw Dr. Dwight's name under the bus of the christening and stuff like that. And, you know, she's she's going through it. Yeah, no, that's fair. Well, <laughs> by the other side of the coin, I got Dwight number one. Oh, oh it looks yeah, like he's been you captured, think, man. You he's think still- that... I guess this is where our, our differences come in. Yeah, the guy is staring down the barrel of a gun, dream or not. I, I think he is, man. Uh, why else would... That would be hilarious if they like go on a whole jaunt and everything, and then they just find <laughs> Dwight at a bar. Like, somewhere. Yeah, they're just hanging out in France next week, having a good time. You having some red wine. <laughs> yeah, just getting drunk by the beach. So, yeah, I don't think things are that great for Dwight right now. So I mean, yeah, I don't think that they're that great, but I definitely took that... Since I took that as a dream... Sure, but I'm I'm willing to admit that I was wrong. So okay. I'm not I'm not like sold on this. I think I was tired myself watching. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who do you well, got going up? Going up, I got Tholly at number three. This guy, he's got some hutchbum, man. This he, is an entrance. Just, yeah, he's like, we're going on an adventure, Ross. Ross is like, I don't think so. It's like, no, we are. And by the end of the episode. They sure are going on an adventure. And he, Demel's is like, he, please don't go on an adventure. I said, oh, I'm going on an this adventure. This guy's got a hook for a hand. Why do you want to hang out with this guy? But he's got the, the connections, man. He's got the information. So we'll see where that takes him. I, I like the, the cut of this guy's jib. Let's go. Sure. Well, number three, I got Sam because I think okay. 
I think this guy is going to be a thorn in the side of these higher ups without even realizing it. And like I said, I don't, I don't like what this guy stands for, but yeah. I feel like we're he's being presented as a sort of, uh, you know, sort of manic preacher that's going to really start moving the needle in this town. And they do say Ross at one point says like, I really hope you don't cause more chaos in this town because we're in a peaceful place. And I, yeah. I have a feeling this boy is about to start some chaos. Yep. Well, to that point, I got the Karn boys at number two, both of them. Uh, one is Charmin Morwenna. The other guy is a, a thorn in the reverend's side. He's got a good voice on him, and he can carry a beam on his back. Uh, That's so right. Very Christ-like. They're just good old boys. Okay, those Karn boys. They're kind of, kind of good old boys. They are. <laughs> good, good, nice good old boys, boys. adjacent. Yeah. Well, number two, I got Verity. Okay. Because welcome back, she gets a hero's welcome. It's good to see her. She she looks better than she's you know this this sort of blissful wedded life is making her look a lot more joyful than she has in the past. Uh, sure. And amongst all this chaos, she finds out that her husband is alive and she's going to see him. Yeah. Easy enough. There you go. Well, number one, I got going up, George. It's got to be George. There's no no he's, one else. He's got the the power now. He's uh, he's part of the magistrate. You know. Uh, that's a W for him. He's going and, to be deciding a lot. <laughs> it seems as though he does not care about how upset his wife is. That's one thing that's like his his yeah. his ego is so self serving. Mm-hmm. He's at work the day after his son is born. His firstborn is born. Yeah, he's here getting this magistrate job, even though he knows outright that it was offered to Ross first. Mm-hmm. And and. He's he's bottling up these things, but it, you can't say he didn't win. Nope. Can't say that at all. So he won, and that is this week on Poldark. A rare W for George. I feel like he's always taken L's, especially last well, season. Season, when, season one, he swept the season. He was dominant number one. Oh, right, right. But then last season, he spent two, the whole season training. He was dominant number two. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah he, was, he got beat up. Tra- and then beat up every chance he got with Ross. Uh, so that's that. And... Um, Dave, you've been watching anything else? Well, last week I went to the to the big screen and saw Top Gun Maverick. Are you going to be a Scientologist now, Dave? How do you feel about it, man? I thought it was an excellent movie. I, thought, I mean, I got Tom Cruise doing the intro. Oh, you did? Saying, he welcomed you to the theater? He welcomed me. He walked in. All five foot nothing there, <laughs> however not tall he in. is. But he did the whole, you know, I'm glad you came to the theater to see this. And like... I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but people were hooting and hollering, and this movie had been out for like a month, or a couple weeks. A few weeks. Uh, just, just a little bit less time than Downton. <laughs> and the it's not coming to anytime soon. People are in the theater soon. clapping, screaming, going, oh. It's one of those movies, though. Like, it is like a, a you know, a, a rousing event, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, it's one of those things, too, where like it's been so heavily hyped, you almost go in with some, you know, suspicions, but... The action is so intense. You kind of just mm-hmm. drop your guard and forget about it because everything's moving so fast. And the, the last act is incredible. Like, the whole movie oh, yeah. is teeing this up. There's really no plot momentum as far as... I feel like the, here are the characters. They really don't grow much in the middle of the movie. And then the end happens, and you're on the edge of your seat for half an hour. Well, it reminds me of, like, Fast Five, where, like, the whole middle act of the movie is just them trying the mission over and over, trying to get it right or whatever <laughs> mm-hmm. before they finally kind of just go forward with the mission or whatever. And it and, works. It's good. Yeah, yeah, man. It's good stuff. Good stuff. And then I also watched, uh, finished up Barry and I uh, watched the Obi-Wan episode. Barry was, had a very good finale. Yeah. Very dark show. watch a good drama, that, that show has got a lot of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Obi-Wan, I don't know quite so much. I don't know where it's going, man. I don't know where Obi's going. <laughs> this week is the last episode, right? No, next week is. Okay. Okay, good. That's another two hours. I was going to say, yeah. one left, I don't believe we can do this. Then again, let's watch this week and we'll probably be in the same boat where, where it's like, wait, where are we going still? It's interesting. These Disney shows, I don't know, man. Yeah, they're, they're, it's one of those things that I'm enjoying having you in on my screen. I think they're doing mm-hmm. a good, good job with the... What do you, the legacy characters are, are pretty well maintained. Yeah. I don't feel anyone's being disrespected like I did in Mandalorian and Boba Fett. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. It just feels like nothing's happening. <laughs> same. Same. It's just spinning the wheels a little bit. 
and it, yeah, it's also a function of like they're kind of trapped by how much they can move the needle based on the events of the movies. But that's also their own making by introducing characters from the movies to be part of his whole mm-hmm. adventure. <laughs> I'm just uh, looking forward to to France as being an Andor because I have a feeling Andor can actually do things because none of these yeah. characters mean anything. <laughs> More actors from Poldark in our TV shows is what we need. Yes, please. Really. Let's That's get some. Uh, let's get some. Who's George? Jack Farthing. Let's get him in a. Oh, he's in a, a lot of stuff. That guy's busy. He is busy. And what's his name? Is in the Hobbit, right? Maybe we'll watch. Uh, maybe we'll watch Aiden Turner and and sure, Hobbit sure. too. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll do. that. I don't think no. I don't think so. <laughs> Anyways, I think we're running long here. Yeah, are you watching anything good that I we haven't touched on? There's just too much TV. I've been watching The Boys. Actually, I, I it's been a while since the last season of The Boys was on, but mm-hmm. I went through the first three episodes they had out, and there was four like that. It was it hooked back in to that. All right. Uh, it's better than any of the Marvel shows, but it's also t- 10 times more violent than any it's, of those shows. It's like, gross. It's a gross it's, show. It opens with one of the most grotesque things I've ever seen on TV. So, yeah, it. but very, very uh, gripping stuff. And then... Yeah, there's just a lot of other stuff I've been watching. So that's well, it for me. All right. Okay. Hit them with the plugs. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You know where to find us. Lords of Grantham. Lords of Grantham at gmail.com if you want to reach out to us. We have our iTunes ratings and reviews if you want to leave us a five-star and, and review. We got one this week from, was it Portugal, Dave? Portugal, baby. It was great. I loved it. Really appreciate that. And then... Uh, we also have a Patreon too, where we have uh, some bonus content and such. And uh, yeah, if you want to yeah. get in on that, we're going to break down fan reactions and patron reactions of Power Rankings of Downton Abbey: A New Era. So we're going to give mm-hmm. that a little time, knowing how soon we are to a Peacock release. I think we'll hold off on that one until we can get a couple more people to watch that. So if you're interested, jump in and enjoy. Yeah, yeah. and so we'll leave it at that, and we'll see you next week.